I have come to the opinion that a girl can't have too many podcasting friends. So today, another interview with a fellow podcaster I have come to know and respect. Settle in, get your coffee or tea. Let's do this. You're listening to the Elevate Your Aid podcast, where we firmly believe that time management and productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Productivity guru and self-care ninja Chris McPeak will debunk your biggest time management limiting beliefs. It's time to hear from everyday people like you sharing their tips and strategies for success and learning how to incorporate small changes in your life in order to make the most of every hour in your day. If you're ready to prioritize, synthesize, and realize your daily needs and wants, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, podcaster, and wannabe 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Good morning, afternoon, evening. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm glad you were listening to this. This is Chris McPeak. I am your host for the Elevate Your 8 podcast, and good Lord, thank you so much for downloading this episode, which reminds me, I'm curious as to where you're listening to this. Are you in the car going to work? Are you at home washing dishes? Are you on a run or a bike ride? Something like that? Hmm, I would love to know you guys. Where do you listen? Today's episode is a chat between myself and Janice McQueen, who is the host of the Beauty Call podcast. Janice and I know each other through the Rise and Blue Mastermind. Y'all know I talk about this all the time, this group of inspired women entrepreneurs. And the conversation is when we recorded together for each other's show. So I'm not really going to come off as the host. And Janice is not really going to come off as the host. We're having a, a conversation on work-life balance, inspiration, time management, professionalism, side hustles, the whole nine yards. It's a, it's a great dialogue. I really enjoyed my time with Janice. Uh, the interview's longer. The, so today's show was going to be longer than my typical show format. So this will be one where you definitely want to settle in and relax and listen up. Janice is brilliant in addition to being beautiful and highly motivated and inspirational. Before we dive in to today's show, I just want to remind you that I have this fan friggin-tastic gift guide that I created for you guys with some of my favorite products that are related to productivity and health and beauty. You can find those at chrismcpeak.com slash gift guide. Hi, I'm Janice McQueen with Beauty Call Podcast. And I'm Chris McPeak, host of the Elevate Your Aid podcast. And we're two friends, two gals in Los Angeles that are working really hard with our side hustle, which is my podcast and acting. And mine is also a podcast, but I work as a U.S. Masters swim team director and a career coach. Now you do that, Chris in addition to your full-time job or as your full-time job. Yes, I do. And you're in the same boat, right? Yes, I am. We both have that. I think we have multiple side hustles. I work for a great company called Nestle and I'm a trainer and event planner. 
And on the side, I'm a life coach and I host the Beauty Call podcast, which is about beauty inside and out. So I'm, I work 24 seven. How about you? <laughs> well, my philosophy of this show is to not work 24 seven, but um, <laughs> I have a day job. I work in um, the foundation of a community college here in the Los Angeles County area. Um, and then of course I, I have this uh, adorable, fantastic swim team thing on the side. So yeah, it is definitely a balancing game. Um, we prioritize, we make choices, we make sacrifices. And I think we're going to dig into that a little deeper today. Yeah, we are. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we're both friends and we really are accountable for the things that we want to do. And, and of course our topic today is about that side hustle and all the things that we do in our life as men and women, I think, especially as men, we tend to, I mean, as women, we tend to juggle a lot and yes. multitask where men tend to be a little bit more focused and, and have that, that, I don't want to say single-minded, but one-mindedness. Um, I don't know what it is about women wanting to multitask. What are your thoughts about that? Wow, that's um, that's a really good question. You know, part of it is I think that we were talking earlier about this uh, a sway towards perfectionism, and I and I do think women own a little bit more of that than men. And it's not that men don't care about what they're producing, um, but I think because women are generally nurturing, um, we want to. We want to create a product. We want to create an experience. We want to put out a product that is um, that's beautiful and is worthwhile of our of our time and our energy. I don't know. What, what do you think? Does that make sense? You know, it does. And the, uh, you bring that up, and it really did. It made something pop in my mind. Is that women? I think by by nature are they want to, whether they have children or not, they want to produce something. They want to create something that is live and will live on. And, you know, you know, many of us choose to do that with children as well as our careers. And I think it's just part of our DNA that we want to create. And I think that's just sort of the stage that I am in my life is, you know, my son is, is grown now and he's, He's studying abroad and, you know, for me, it's like he was my only child. So I want to have like another child to raise. So I have this, this beautiful creation that is uh, the Beauty Call podcast, but I've always had a side hustle. And I think it's just because I do want to leave that legacy. And I don't feel as if I'm a hundred percent, if I'm not constantly evolving and thinking about new and different things that I can do and creating and producing and, you know, nurturing and... Yeah, that's just who I am. Yeah, I love that. And I think I'm on the opposite side of that spectrum. Um, my husband and I don't have kids. And I've worked in higher education long enough um, before I did the development at the community college. I worked in college housing and residence life for more than 20 years. And so there was a lot of nurturing with students. And I think somehow I worked out my maternal instincts that way. Um, plus, I've always had pets. I've almost always had uh, a dog or multiple oh. dogs. Um, and our babies too. <laughs> they are our babies. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to think about that notion of where our, as, as women, where our maternal instincts get worked out. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you that I think it's important that we leave that legacy, that we need that as much as the world needs it. Um, I love the notion that we all come to the table with special talents and unique things. And I completely reject the philosophy that, well, I can't talk about time management because there are five, 20, 50 other people doing that. So what do I have to add? But I have my unique experience and there's probably 
one or two or 50 people out there that want to hear about my unique experience and that some of those other productivity people aren't covering the same thing. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We, we want to put our stamp out in the world and we want to be known for something besides what we got, um, you know, a regular paycheck and our benefits Mm -hmm. from. I know. And it's always a beautiful thing that if you are doing exactly what you love and, and I do love my, my career and my day job, but as an extension to my creativity, this allows me to just continue to create as a performer and a musician and, and it's just be able to, you know, help others, inspire others. And I'm moving more towards this than the live coaching, even though I still do that some, I enjoy it, but I'm realizing that I want to be protective of what I want to do and who I am and my create creativity and what will, what I can leave behind, which is also, I think, you know, what you're an expert in is just learning how to, I guess, evolve yourself to where you're not working all the time. Like I do that you're being smarter about it and you are, you know, elevating the things in your life to be more, what's the word or just to be more productive for yourself. So I would love to learn more about your elevator aid. Of course I have your book and I love, I love, I love everything that you're doing and I'm learning from you so much. Oh, thank you. you Share with our listeners on beauty call podcast. um, Maybe a little bit more about your podcast and your book. Yeah, sure. So this all this all started for me back when I was working in in college housing, and it's it's an industry. I'm going to use that word very intentionally um, that pulls from this notion of 24 um, seven availability because it's it's college residence halls. It's where the students are living, and students don't just have issues between the issue, you know the times of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. And most of their issues, if you will, are happening um, after class hours on the week late at night. So it's a, it's a profession just by definition that is demanding and, and pulls a lot from you. And when you're, when you work at a job that requires on call and carrying, you know, I used to carry a pager back in the day, pager, cell phones, or there's certain nights in the week where it's anticipated that you're going to be the person you're going to respond to any and all emergencies. Um, and that's great when you're 25 and, and you have energy and maybe you haven't started a family yet, but after a while, um, the whole notion of living in starts to suck the life out of you. And, and even, and the higher level um, capacity, you know, there are institutions I worked where as an associate director or in a director, I was still, I was going to the hospital to, um, you know, wait there for students to be released because they had alcohol poisoning and because they had an accident. Oh my. And my, my last institution before I moved back to Los Angeles and started to work in advancement and development, I um, started taking, uh, I started a second master's program in recreation management. And in that class, our first, our main project was to talk about the concept of leisure and how people pursue that. And I used that opportunity as sort of a, um, What's a, a soapbox <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of talking about how important it is for us to have life balance. And so after that, I finished that course and I wound up ending my time there and moving back down here. But I thought there is a book in that and I've always wanted to write a book. So I, I put all that research from that class into my first book, which was making work work for you. And that's totally a primer on um, 
work-life balance and job satisfaction. And then coming off of that, published that book. And then I started hearing myself come up with this philosophy of, well, you know, if we're honoring that work-life balance and we're only working eight hours a day in our job, and if we're really pushing on our wellness and we're getting a good amount of sleep, and, and for me, that's, you know, eight hours a night. Me too. You, when you do the math, you've got eight hours and eight hours, there's 24 hours in a day. So what's left? Eight hours. And that's what time management and productivity is all about for me. So if we're elevating those eight, we are putting intentionality and... um and purpose into the way that we're spending that time. So I think that's really the key to time management. Um, and at the time I'd come up with that philosophy was my first experience with Rise and Bloom, which is the mastermind experience that we participate in. And I had gone to the first iteration of that at Allison's house and everybody came out of that well, my time in the hot seat, I came out of that with feedback from everybody that you need to finish that second book and you need to start a podcast. And, and here we are now. Congratulations. So you set an intention and you didn't just wish for it. You made it happen. That's yeah, it was, yes. it was a push for sure. Um, but you know, the folks that are on, on my end of this listening on Elevate Your Eight, I, you know, you've got a really interesting, background um, that is different from what people, you know, when people are, and maybe they do, some girls, we're both in the same boat. Nobody went to school in the second grade and said, when I grow up, I want to be a higher education professional. And they probably also didn't say, I want to grow up to be a um, a, a pageant advisor or coach, um, <laughs> let alone like actually be in the experience like you have. I mean, there's lots of women who aspire to that, but you've actually done it. So Let's, let's hear about your journey to beauty call. You know, that's, thank you. Um, and I love that you were talking about work-life balance because I really do think that's the whole purpose of our conversation today is, yeah. is that work-life balance that is part of you know, feeling good and being healthy and having that beauty inside and out and elevating yourself. Um, so I think we're both on that same, um, that we're same thought line. But my, my background has always been one of a performer and I did, as a little girl, always want to be the the actress and the singer, and and I w I'm a professional flautist, but I always wanted to be on stage rather rather than in the orchestra. Sadly, um, so I'm one of those who is a great actress who can sing and move well. I by no means have the best voice in the world, but I truly enjoy being as musical as possible. So I did that throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, and college. And part of my, my background in pageantry was because I enjoyed watching pageants with my mom. And it was just part of something that I did as a little girl and it was near and dear to my heart. So at 17, I had a chance to enter a pageant and I won it because I wanted to go to college and I wanted to help my parents. So I gained scholarship funds. So I was hooked winning something and just being that center of attention and being able to perform on stage was a, a little girl's dream. Sure. But to have money to go along with that, to be able to go to school and to educate myself and to further myself and aid my parents along the way was, was fantastic. And of course I have a degree in music and theater. And I went on to graduate school for a short period of time to study business and economics because I wanted to be, honestly, I wanted to be a performer, but I also was smart enough and I wanted to be a talent manager. That was what I always wanted to do, oddly enough. Cool. And so 
so long story short is in college, I was uh, scouted as a performer and asked to work on a cruise ship. So my dream did come true. And I have been a professional performer off and on since I finished college. But while I was doing that, I was still known for my pageantry. Somehow that stuck with me. People knew who I was because I'd had so much success in it. So I just naturally became that, that person that had expertise about how to be the authentic person that you need to be in pageantry, which seems like a misnomer, but it's true. The one thing that I, I teach, I guess, best is how to be your authentic self and how to, to serve others and how that can turn into your mission statement so that you are doing the things that you love and you're giving back. So I've been a pageant coach for about 25 years now, and I absolutely love it. And it's involved into being a life coach and helping people to get to that next level. And I do that. And I've always done that in addition to my full-time, my full-time gig, which is working for a great company. And I love that dearly. But that performer in me just really, I wanted to do more. And so that's how Beauty Call Podcast evolved is that I had been interviewed so many times by different podcasts myself and had been interviewed by different magazines. And I just felt like my voice needed to be heard on another level. More importantly, not my voice, but others. Other right. voices. Like you talked about yourself that you have this great idea. And even though there's other people that talk about time management out there, you have your own version of that that is unique to you that really can help others achieve the things that they want to achieve by looking at it in a different light. And for me, having people on my show that have unique ideas that can shed light to help others is I feel my, my calling and my purpose, which is why I started Beauty Call Podcast. I love that. I, I love that we both have an intention of um, sort of putting our experience out there in a different way to help people achieve the level of comfort, professionalism. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, not so much productivity, but just accomplishment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, listening to you talk about, it's a field that, that you come from, that you participated in, where I think there's probably a lot of people who wind up not being their authentic self because they feel like they need the win or they need the attention more than the expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm curious as to if that was ever a struggle. Um, to, you know, tell yourself, like, I'm, I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to be somebody else. It's more important that I um, put my message out there that I be myself as opposed to that I be better than all these other women. I imagine that gets really hard sometimes. It is. It was hard for me. Well, it was when I, when I started, I was such a newbie that I was just, I know, I didn't know any other way to be, but be me. And that was what, caused me to win. And then I went through this period of time in my life where I felt I needed to be like someone else. I need to emulate someone else because they were, they were successful. It's like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. You always are jealous of someone else or wanting to be like someone else. You will never find who you really are. And when I go true, and I learned that through trials and tribulations, um, through so much failure through through so much failure as a performer, through so much failure as a business person and, and failure as a competitor in pageantry, 
But when I finally decided that I was happy with who I who I am and had a lovely life and didn't need to impress anybody, I just needed to come from a place of wanting to serve others and to really, really, really care about the community and care about maybe just the voice that I had. When I did that and I let my defenses down was when I started winning again and catapulted to a, a national and international title. And so I, I learned from that experience. And I think we all become experts in what we what we pursue. And I truly feel as I'm an expert in breaking down those barriers. Hey, the holiday season is upon us. And while it somewhat pains me to admit this because I don't really like thinking about winter holidays until after Turkey Day, I want to be prepared because I know some of you want to be prepared. So this year, I'm offering you stress-free shopping. You don't even have to leave your computer terminal. That's right. Go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash Black Friday for a super 2020 career time management upload bundle (laughs) that I have put together for you all if you are looking to find a new gig or improve your current gig in 2020 and also if you're looking to improve your time management and productivity habits that's the first thing then if you're looking to shop for other people which you know you should probably do go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash gift guide and check out my holiday gift guide full of productivity little dillies that are going to make your lives easier and or ways for you to spoil the beautiful people in your life and maybe yourself a little bit too. So chrismcpeak.com forward slash Black Friday, chrismcpeak.com forward slash gift guide. And now let me give you the gift of going back to the interview. Doesn't that feel great to be able to call yourself an expert? (laughs) It does. And it's weird. And it's so funny because I don't really market myself like other pageant coaches out there. I don't. I I really am very, I hate to say picky, but I am picky. People will find me when they're ready for that next step, when they're ready to do more than win, when they want to evolve as well as win. And that's when I love, I love helping people from the very beginning, of course. And that's exciting too. Yeah. The very first journey. But when they get to that point of where they really want to evolve and do so much more, then that's when I love working with someone because it, it's, it's to a whole nother level of experience and a whole nother level of fulfillment and success. So I do enjoy that. And part of what I've taught myself, of course, you know, teacher teach thyself, is to have that work-life balance that you need to have. Of course, I primarily work with women. I do work with men, some with, with you know, resumes and elevator pitches and, and professionalism like you do, but primarily with women. And what always comes up, which is what the topic of this show really is, is work-life balance. Right. And how do you, everybody has a side hustle, even if it's a side hustle of charity work or a side hustle of being involved in your church or a side hustle of, you know, taking care of your health. We all have a side hustle, I feel like. You're right. Yeah. And the difference between whether it's just a hobby that we're incredibly um, connected to or, you know, a side hustle, I think people would define that in terms of with one, you're making money and with the other, you're not. But, Mm -hmm. but in the grand scheme of things that the time and the investment doesn't change, and and the the feeling of satisfaction and comfort and um, 
fulfillment, like you said before, it's still there. Whether you're knitting, for example, I love to knit, but I don't try to sell my stuff because I really just knit for me. And then I wind up giving my, my things away to other people. But my friend Molly, knitting started as um, a hobby for her and became a side hustle. And now it's her full-time business. She runs the yarn shop out in the Inland Empire. So yeah, it's so fascinating how we all really do have that thing. And we choose like what level we want to take it to. I think according to that calling, like you were talking about before, um, I'm sure that the women you coach in the pageant world, you don't necessarily seek them out as much as they find you. Right. Um, because that whole notion of when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Um, and you're that person for, for those women, which I think is beautiful. Well, thank you. I, I do enjoy it. And I think it is because it is, it, it's just brought me joy and it, it sort of fell in my lap. Sometimes our calling calls on us, doesn't it? It, finds it does. Us. Yes, absolutely. It finds us. That's so it's so definitely true. part of who I am. It definitely, I'll never be able to let go of that because it's so much a part of, of who I am. And it's, it was surprising to me, uh, very surprising to me. I never thought that pageantry would be something I would be successful in, but obviously I have been. So I would love to learn um, just a little bit from you and you could share with the listeners of Beauty Call Podcast is, you know, how did you, I mean, you shared with us about the Elevate Your Eight and where that came from in your background, but how do you apply that in your life and how do you help others apply that? Just give us some basics so that yeah, sure. you our interest a little bit. I, love it. I think the first thing that it comes down to is being very honest and realistic about the amount of time it takes to do things. And I think that's one arena where folks really don't, they're not always honest with themselves. I think we definitely over and underestimate the amount of time it takes us to do things. So um, for example, the example I like to use two things is your morning shower or whatever your routine is that gets you from uh, you know, leaving the bed to leaving the house. So what is, you know, is that an hour? Is that 20 minutes? Does that vary depending on if you grab your phone first thing and start scrolling through something? Um, and I, I try not to do that. I, I get up really early because I swim, but I need like the mental turn on, so to speak, before I just jump in the car and head to the swimming pool. So I do my reading, I meditate, I write in my journal, I do all those things. I make coffee for my hubby because I just like to do that. That's sort of like a, you know, it's service for me. I'm going to get up and do this cute little thing for him. Um, <laughs> it's and a then, ritual too that's, that's yeah, um, yeah. very and, enjoyable in our lives. And I'm very, I'm very guarded about my morning routine, but but if I didn't know the amount of time it takes me to do those things, it would be very easy for me to just get stuck in, um, I'm going to wash all these dishes. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I have to do this before I leave the house. Well, no, that's not important. That's not part of my morning routine. So A, I think defining and getting comfortable with the amount of time it takes you to do regular daily tasks that you're going to do all the time. Um, and, and then the second thing is the notion of prioritization. So we all have certain things that we need to get done within the course of the day, within the course of the week. If we have a family, then, you know, there's kids, things, after school programs, uh, recitals, games, uh, all that kind of stuff, lessons. And those are a, 
a part of our day too. So making sure that we know, like, do I, is it more important that I go to my kid's soccer game or that I go to happy hour with my colleagues? Well, that's a choice that we have to make and we have to be honest about that. So, so those are the two main things I think that are really important. The premises of Elevate Your Eight is that you really do need to have a grip on how long it takes you to get certain things done. And then B, you need to have the wherewithal to prioritize and know that this item is more important than this item today. And tomorrow it might be something different. Tomorrow it might be that I choose the happy hour with my colleagues and I hit up that grocery store on the way back from the happy hour. Um, And then I think too, obviously flexibility, that sometimes life is going to happen. It's going to surprise us and we're going to have to adjust and to know in your gut always that the world is not going to end if, um, if you could not buy the new comforter on Thursday. Right. You know, and that is a, that's a great thing that you bring up and you know, that's something that I've been doing more as well is really writing down my, for one thing, writing down like a to-do list so that I stay on point with my day because I can be extremely um, ADD and have way too many things to do and just going to prioritize what is important to me. And then uh, most importantly is prioritizing people first um, than the things. So I think that is important. And that time frame for me, I, it always takes me longer maybe to do certain things. And I realize that I need to factor into my day. So I have to, I, I always feel like I have to have a makeup time or like there's always a right? set apart in my day where I'm making up for the time that I lost because maybe my morning routine is too long. But prioritization is like the one word that is probably the most important thing to me right now is prioritizing what is important to me, prioritizing my health, prioritizing my beauty routine uh-huh. so that it's important to, to um, stay, you know, healthy and, you know, vibrant and young feeling. I think that is important. Um, and prioritizing, you know, those things that I want to get done in my life, like as far as what will get me to that next step. So, and it's funny because, you know, you talk about that for every day, but it's also so much for like in the life coaching that I do and the pageant coaching that I do is prioritizing what is important, you know, what what can you, what can you live with and what can you live without? And Mm -hmm. for me now, it's really all about faith, family, and friends and stuff doesn't matter as much to me. It's about my experiences. It's about how I can elevate my education, how I can elevate the things that I want to do, the the places that I want to see, the people that I want to be with. And I think that's important too, um, as far as like the journey that I'm on, if I'm sharing with, with others, I think these practices really do play into every single facet of your life. So I love that. I love that. Isn't that funny? I, I, I don't know if that's something that as you grow older, that you start to put an emphasis more on the experiences than the stuff. Um, and I, you know, I read this in Tom Rath's book. What's it called? Um, oh my gosh. Well-being. The book is called Well-Being. And he talks about six areas of well-being. One of those is financial. And he, his advice in that book is that you should spend your higher dollar, you know, your money on experiences rather than things. And I think about that, like, would I rather have a new television or would I rather go to Hawaii with my husband? Well, yeah, I've never been to Hawaii. That's something I really want to do. But would I rather... Um, 
would I rather buy a bunch of new clothes or would I rather invest in the next iteration of Rise and Bloom? Well, right now at this stage in my life, I'm going to choose the professional development. And, um, and so I think it's really interesting on the emphasis of, because, and we can talk about time that way too. Um, I used to see so many movies on the weekends. I would see two and three movies and I, I was a terrible theater jumper. I will admit that now an open microphone that I did that. Um, <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> but, and I, I still love to go to a movie, but if it's a toss up between working on my show and going to a movie, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the show. So I think as we progress through our lives, um, a career change, a family change, a life event, whatever, or just like the fact that I'm in my fifties now, um, certain things are more important to me than others. And the emphasis is definitely like you were talking about it's on the people it's on the experiences it's less on the stuff right and you know that's you know, gosh if we could just learn that or go back in time and know what we know now so you know I try to impart that on anyone that's listening to the show just to, to really take the steps to get to where you want to be just sort of sit down write down what it is you want to accomplish in life and just don't sweat the small stuff I mean that saying is so good because it's true and don't let the little things in your life deter you from your your bigger picture yeah absolutely and you know first and foremost you know people and experiences are are so much more important than that new outfit. It really is nothing wrong with that. I mean, go go shop if you if you want to do that because retail therapy is real, my friend. I do it yes. myself. <laughs> of course, mine always ends up being beauty products. I don't know why. There's <laughs> nothing better than getting a, a new tube of lip gloss. It just makes me just so happy. And I have that euphoria for about one hour. And then I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> well, that's over, right. But that's why the stuff is not as important to me. If it's not something that I need, I just, I, I don't buy it because I yeah. would rather use that to go out to dinner with my husband or to yep. sell something to my son or to my friends. And so it's, it's all great things. So, um, you know, for, for us, we're wrapping up our conversation, but I would love if you could just, you shared some great tips and tricks. What would be the number one thing that you want to accomplish in the next year? Me, Chris mm-hmm. McPeak, I, yes. oh my gosh. Um, it could be more than one. It's okay. I didn't mean wow. to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. Well, I, I do. so much already. <laughs> I'll give you one thing. <laughs> I, d- okay. So in my swim life, I really want to qualify for nationals in a breaststroke race. That's something that I keep, I say, I've said it every year for the last two years, but I really want to do it now. Um, and I think part of that comes from finally getting a good grip on my health and wellness, which, you know, I've focused on work-life balance, but I have not, um, I haven't, eaten well. So part of that is just really embracing that it's time for me to get healthier because I'm at the age now where it's easier to put on weight than take weight off. And I would like to be able to know that when I'm 90 years old, A, that I can make it to 90 and B, that when I am 90, I can still get in the pool and, and, you know, swim a 200 breaststroke. So that's, I think the one thing I want to accomplish in the next year is to, um, to really embrace my own health and wellness in a way that I haven't done before. Are you plant-based as well? Not yet. I'm leaning, I'm going that in that direction. Um, okay. I'm working with JJ Flazanes right now in her invisible fitness program. So I've eliminated gluten and I'm on um, 
on the way to eliminating dairy completely. So it's you know, right. baby, baby steps for me. What about you, Janice? What do you want to get done in the next year? Well, there's a lot. But first, I, want to say, <laughs> you know, I am plant-based. I think you you know that. That's how I yeah. found the Rise and Bloom Master Class. But getting rid of, if I could give one piece of advice, beauty advice to, you know, any listeners from my show and your show, yeah, that getting rid of that dairy and getting rid of that gluten is the number one thing and sugar. Those yeah. are three top evils that if you want to have better health, if you want to have better skin, you want to feel better and be at your optimal health, you've got to get rid of those three things and make sure that you're eating things that are not processed. Um, yeah. I mean, that needs to be few and far between the processed stuff because processed food does have sugar in it as well. So oh yeah, you can read those labels. And then I'm plant-based. I will occasionally, if I'm traveling to eggs, just because it's so hard sometimes to get really good protein if you're traveling you know, especially if you're in the middle of, you know, a smaller area, it's not a metropolitan city. Right. But, you know, it's important. It really is. And then I'm, I'm like you, I'm trying to really elevate my health even more, even though, even though I've been plant-based for gosh, now 50, almost 16 years. Wow. Uh-huh, I know. <laughs> good for, good for you. It's well, you know, there's, it's been different levels. I felt my best when I was raw food, plant-based and that's oh, okay. when you travel as much, but I'm really trying to get back to primarily like 80% raw and 20% um, cooked and no processed, no gluten, uh, no bread at all, and no gluten, no sugar, and um, no, I don't, I haven't done dairy in forever. So that is like my number one uh, tip, trick, and beauty, beauty secret. Uh, Fantastic. For anybody. But what I would like to get accomplished in the next year is you know, outside of continuing to develop my podcast so that I feel as if I'm reaching more people and making, truly making a difference is I would love to begin a book. It's Good for you. That's awesome. Uh, it's something that scares me to death. That's why I know I need to do it. <laughs> and I know you've done it not once, but twice, right? Yeah. And I have a third one that I'm trying to finish before the, the end of the year. Um, yeah, no, you know, writing a book is easier now than it ever has been. And, you know, people can say what they want to say about Amazon. I'm a fan. I love Amazon. Mo mostly because of the the opportunity. They've given me the opportunity to be a published author. And, and um, I love that. Katie, please share some tips and tricks with me, please. <laughs> yeah, totally. I will totally do that. Um, yeah, no, you, I, I'm so, now that you've said it and we've all heard it, so we're all going to hold Janice accountable that she please. wants to get to work on a book. So I truly do it. You can totally do it. When you say it out loud and you say it out loud often, what you say does come back to you and you have yes. to manifest that. That's why you need to be careful in saying anything negative about yourself or anybody else. Don't yeah. say negative things about people. Always be kind. I have an alert on my phone. In addition to, again, trying to be more like you and elevating my aid is I put alerts on my phone to remind me to do things like meditate, exercise, yeah take some downtime or to complete tasks. I strongly urge people to do that, but I also put those alerts, you know, on my phone for, for that as well, because it really does help me be mindful of the words that I say really do create things in my environment. So I want to be kind to everyone, but I also want to be kind to myself and not say things detrimental to myself or to call 
you know, call myself anything other than wonderful. And I know that I'm not the best at everything, but I, I do want to say that you're, I do say that about myself. I say that you're a great singer, you're a great mother, you're a great wife, you're a great business person, you're great. And by doing that, I'm creating an energy and a synergy around myself that is positive. And I do the same thing with the things that I want in my life. So that helped me create Beauty Call Podcast. And now I'm hoping it'll help me create a book and to elevate this podcast so that I am doing something that not only scares me to death, but really does create a legacy of helping others along the way. So absolutely. Well, I'm here for you, my friend. I will help you in any way that I can. Sorry about the abrupt ending to that, but that does conclude my conversation with Janice for this week. This is Chris McPeak with the Elevate Your Eight podcast. I'm out of here.